0: bismillah wa salatu ala rasulillah wa wa sahbihi wa ala ba'd wa wa How's everybody doing? so go ahead. These are good? Alhamdulillah so insha'Allah ta'ala we're gonna continue uh, with ayah number 23 in which Allah ta'ala says ba'd a'udhu billahi minash rajeem fa So Allah Ta'ala is saying and he gathered and called out now Allah Ta'ala doesn't mention who he gathered did he gather his people? Did he gather the magicians? Did he gather his army? These are all possibilities. It could have been fahashara yani or سَحَرَتَهُ or So he called them. But Allah Ta'ala leaves this open. And this is part of the, you know, uh, concise nature of the Qur'an that he gathered and he called. But it seems to be the case that uh, so uh, Qawmahu seems to be the most likely, and the reason is because Allah Ta'ala mentions what uh, in Surah 20, which is Surah Taha, Ayah number 59. He, uh, Musa says, your appointment is on the day of the festival when the people assemble at mid-morning. So the, the fact that Allah used the word yuhshar that the people are gathered together at that time. Could be the case that he's indicating this. Um, But what's interesting here is that the verb hashara is typically used to mean to herd people together. Like, you know, when you herd a bunch of animals together. So, it, which implies a level of force and belittlement. So it really demonstrates that uh, Fir'aun, he really didn't care much for his people. Obviously, he thought he was way above them. And so he's like, I'll just gather the people, or, or sorry, instead of gather the people, I'll herd the people together, almost like animals. And there's a correlation here between this portion of the surah and the beginning of the surah. And this is according to Biqa'i, rahimullah, he has a nice, interesting correlation. He says the Quraysh were disbelievers and they were ignoring the miracles of their creator. And then when they die, they will be نزع, you know, غرق, They will be pulled and forced and driven. Uh, their souls of the disbelievers will be dragged to judgment day and the trumpet will kill everybody. And then there'll be a second tr- trumpet where everybody will be coming together and gathered together forced together for their punishment. And he's saying, "How is not it, it interesting that Fir'aun, you're seeing like a little bit of a, you could say preview almost, that Fir'aun also ignored the miracles of Musa alayhi and he also gathered, forced them together to worship him, uh, and which, which is why he says, uh, and everybody who obeyed will be punished. So you're seeing a parallel between the idea of the angels gathering people together and punishing the disbelievers, and also Fir'aun uh, taking these disbelievers, gathering them together, and then forcing them to admit their, or uh, testify to their shirr, Billah so it's an interesting correlation between the two now if we want a detailed speech uh, uh, as to what Fir'aun said on that day when he gathered his people and he called out to them. The brief version is what? الأعلى, I'm your greatest master, which we're going to get to in a moment. There's a lot of commentary there. But before we get there, let's take a look at what Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Zukhruf, ayat 51 to 55, where Allah Ta'ala details a speech that he gives. He says, and Allah says, and Fir'aun, he called out among his people and said, oh my people, does not the kingdom of Egypt belong to me? And these rivers are flowing beneath me. Then do you not see? So what is he trying to rationalize? He's saying, of course, I'm in charge. Of course, I'm the leader. Why? Because might is right. First thing he's pointing to is power. Now, anybody who studies, you know, like philosophy, they know that this is a logical fallacy. Just because you're in power doesn't mean that you're necessarily correct. You can be the most powerful person if, if your information is still wrong, you're still wrong. You know, you're supposed to argue the point, not, oh, do you know who I am? I'm so powerful. This is a wrong way of arguing. And furthermore, it's funny that Allah took that same river that he's like, look, this river flows beneath my feet. Clearly I'm in charge. And Allah drowned him in that exact same river, just to humble him. For then he says what? <laughs> or أَنَا خَيْرٌ مِنْ هَذَا الَّذِي هُوَ مَهِينٌ وَلَا this? one who is insignificant and hardly can make himself clear. We know that uh, Musa, I believe the word is, he used to stutter. He used to, uh, he had a speech impediment, which is why he said Harun is more uh, eloquent than me. So, ya Allah, make him my, you know, uh, basically like a partner and a fellow prophet and Allah ta'ala granted him that request. So now again, you have a case of what? Fir'aun focusing on the style instead of substance. Oh, the way he presents is not good enough. Yeah, but what about what he's presenting? You're not addressing it, he's dodging it. This is another cheap tactic of argumentation, which is what? Attack the messenger, Musa, instead of the message. So, praising yourself, like imagine me and you are having a debate, right? And I'm like, okay, I think one plus one equals two. Okay, something simple as that. And you believe I'm wrong, or you want to tell everybody, oh, how can he be right? Don't you? Didn't you see my car outside? How rich I am? And look at this guy. I mean, what type of shirt is he wearing? Are you kidding me? Yes, you, you, you guys see my point. When you big up yourself and belittle the other guy, it's like, can we start talking about the math at some point? Like, can we just stick to the subject? No. When you have, when you're so desperate to win the argument that you have to aggrandize yourself and belittle your opponent, and uh, clearly this is a, a form of, you could say, hand waving or a. Distraction from the main point and furthermore furthermore uh, then allah ta'ala says what uh, 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 then why have there not been placed upon him bracelets of gold or come with or, or why hasn't there come with him angels in conjunction in other words why isn't he rich why hasn't allah ta'ala Uh, blessed him with more riches. Again, the first one was might is right, power is right, this time it's wealth means right. Another underhanded tactic. You know, the first one was power, this time it's riches that makes me right. And furthermore, Musa alayhi salam, you're saying that he needs validity from angels? We talked about it, I believe last week, where his hand was glowing, (laughs) right? If you want to see that he's doing a miracle, the fact that his hand can glow you could say Adam, but similar to like what like an angel angels are made of light the fact that he has like a portion of this happening is that not significant enough right well, okay let's say I, you granted him an angel why not two well let's say you gave him two why not three you guys get the point that this idea of telling the lord of the worlds i require this kind of miracle and this is the only one that i'll accept this is pure arrogance when Allah Ta'ala shows you a miracle, you're not supposed to say, well, I, I kind of wanted it this way, I kind of wanted it that way. Just take what you're given and show a little bit of humility and gratitude that the, Allah Ta'ala is showing you a miracle to begin with. So, and, Allah, and then, and then uh, Allah Ta'ala says, innahum kanu That so he bluffed his people and they obeyed him. Indeed, they were themselves a people defiantly disobedient. This is very important because they only accepted him because of their wickedness. This is to clarify that it wasn't that Fir'aun was so clear Clever, and his arguments were so good that like a bunch of naive children they were innocently led astray no they weren't innocent in the process Allah is clarifying they only followed this tyrant because they themselves were wicked I hope that point is clear because some people might ask the question well if the leader is so convincing then it's not their fault or they're innocent in the process wrong Allah ta'ala clarifies they were guilty they knew exactly what the deal was they, their hearts were so corrupted that they didn't care and when they angered us, we took retribution from them all and we drowned them all. So yes, that is all being summarized. فَحَشَرَ And then what he says, what? So this is the summarized version of his speech. He says what? I am your most high, your most exalted Lord or master. Many points that can be brought up here. The Egyptian people already held the belief that the Pharaohs were from the lineage of the gods so why would he reaffirm what they already believe? If they already see him as a deity, why is he reaffirming this idea of his deification or this idea that he's uh, you know, divine? Number one, insecurity, because he knows he's been exposed and everybody saw it. Musa salam, put the staff, everybody freaked out. SubhanAllah, it was a very clear, obvious miracle and he had nothing and he turned around, went back and uh, so he's running around trying to think, think, think of some sort of a response and he doesn't have one. So insecurity is number one. Number two, is a hypothesis that the ancient Egyptians had a hierarchy of deities and he just broke custom by saying that he was the lord of them all. So you can imagine, oh, there's a bunch of other higher deities and he's just sort of, you could say, a representative on earth or, you know, uh, the children of the gods or something like this, some sort of nonsense. And the point is that he's breaking custom and saying, you know what, I'm the top lord, I'm higher than all of them. This just proves that his claim that he's just opposing Musa in order to preserve their customs was a lie. And this happens all the time. You will find that some people, some politicians will say, we can't listen to this, guy, this idea. We have to preserve our exemplary way of life. We have to hold on to our traditions. Meanwhile, these very same people will break tradition the moment it's uh, convenient for them. And this is mentioned when, قَالُوا إِنْ هَذَانِ يُرِيدَانِ أَنْ يُخْرِجَاكُمْ مِنْ أَرْضِكُمْ بِسِحْرِهِمَا that Allah Ta'ala mentions, they said, indeed these two are magicians and they want to drive you out of your land with their magic and do away with your most exemplary way. Your what? al-muthla, Your exemplary way. So they have this idea, don't break our tradition. Our tradition is, must be preserved. And now he's going ahead and breaking tradition. It just goes to show that you guys are liars. And subhanAllah, I just remember hearing from a lecture not too long ago, it was very funny to me, that another observation like this, I remember the The atheist movement was so adamant we the atheist movement we the atheists we are so adamant that we only believe in what is empirical everything else must be thrown out and so people make different arguments for the existence of god through rational means and they say no 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 we reject all that because it's not empirical we can't see a god or touch or taste or whatever the case is therefore rational arguments won't do we need physical evidence of this deity of yours right so they're so bent on this idea that it must be according to our standard empiricism only then what happens the trans movement comes along and says look I know that every chromosome of mine says male right XY but I'm a female and guess what do you know how many famous atheists said okay we accept oh why you accept that they have a ruh, a soul that is female instead of male you what, what, what exactly are you referring to it's clearly not anything physical so subhanAllah these people you know they say we have certain standards and we won't break them but for the sake of shaitan they will for the sake of allah ta'ala you know they hold on to things that even don't make sense because obviously there are uh, uh, numerous numerous just rational arguments for the existence of a creator we're not going to go into that today inshallah taala anyway moving on we know for a fact that Pharaoh recognized other deities because his elite said what. And the eminent among the uh, amongst amongst Pharaoh, uh, the eminent ones like his basically his top elite posse, they said what: Will you leave Moses and his people to cause corruption in the land and abandon you and your gods? So clearly they recognized many other aliha. But another possibility is that that his description of himself as your your, your greatest or your highest master uh, or Lord is a reference to being the only political leader. So he's saying, yes, there are many other deities that we worship, but he wants what? And this is something very important even for us today and for all times that it can be the case that you live in a society that says what? Go ahead and worship whatever you want, you know, privately in your house, pray to whoever you want. Go ahead and pray to this deity, that deity, whatever the case is. This is how the Romans were. With the Yahud at the time of Isa. They said, yeah, yeah, you want to worship your God, no problem. But when it comes to Tawhid al hakimiyyah, when it comes to the laws, the oneness of who? Uh, the, 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 the oneness of Allah in terms of legislation. No, that we cannot accept. And so you find many examples of this, even in modern day, where they say, yeah, yeah, worship whatever you want. But we say we worship Allah not in terms of just prayer, but also in terms of who is the one who makes the rules regarding transactions. Regarding business, regarding food, regarding social issues, political issues, etc., they say, "No, no, this part we don't accept." Your personal worship, yes. Public matters, no. And this is what differentiates Islam. Islam is not doesn't separate church and state. We don't have this idea of separation of religion and politics. We believe that Allah Taala. We have Tauheed, uh, Al-Uluhiya, Al-Rububiya, Asmaul-Sifat, and of course this Tawhid Al-Hakimiya that Allah Taala is one in in His ability to what the only one that is the legislator, a sharia, the one who gives laws طيب, moving on so you can also see how Fir'aun is getting worse and worse let's observe how this little seed of evil keeps growing and, and making itself worse فَكَذَّبَ وَعَصَى internal denial that's private it's personal عصَى, disobedience that's external your actions Then turning away, I don't even want to hear you anymore. It's not just that I'll disobey you and maybe passively listen to you. No, I disbelieved in you internally, I'm now going to disobey you externally and now I'm going to get away from you so potentially even one word that you might say that might have an effect on me, no, I'm going to get away from that. And I'm going to hustle, I'm going to work hard against you, you're just getting worse and worse. You guys see how it's just, there's a progression of things getting worse. And then finally, then he publicizes the worst thing that a person can say, not only is it shirk, but it's shirk claiming that you're the deity, that's the worst of the worst. So you can see how from denial to disobedience to turning and never a refusal to even c- continue the conversation to striving against good for the sake of evil then publicizing this idea of shirk yourself at the center of it subhanallah it just keeps getting worse and worse furthermore we always have to remember that Fir'aun was Shaitan's greatest victory we talked about this uh, when we did Tafsir Surah nas Allah Taala says in Suroon Nas, what? "Hul A'ruudu bi-Rabb bin Nas, Right? And you're taking refuge of uh, 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 with Allah from the Shaytan. "Waswasil Khin Alladhi waswi Sufi Suroon Nas min al Nas." You're saying, "Oh Allah, protect me from Shaytan, because Shaytan wants to destroy the idea of who you truly are. You're the Rabb bin Nas, Melikin Nas, Ilahin Nas. Lord or master, you could say. Malik is the uh, 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 you could say uh, king, and Ilah uh, the deity. What does Firaun say? I am your Rabb. So let's check one. Allah is the Rabb? No, he says I am the Rabb. So Shaytan did a great job with him. Number two. Fir'aun said, what? Am I not the one who has the Mulk? Malik, Mulk? Am I not the one that has the dominion of Egypt? And number three. He said to his people, uh, he said to his mala, his his, uh, his, his elite class, uh, oh my oh my you know great eminence assembly whatever I do not know for you I don't know of any deity other than me for for you for yourselves so subhanallah it's just really amazing that Fir'aun was the perfect example of what happens when shaitan works the best on a human being if uh, you're trying to remember that Allah is Rabb, Malik and Ilah and Fir'aun who was the most influenced by Shaitan, ended up calling himself all three in the Qur'an. That is not a coincidence. Furthermore, Allah Ta'ala throughout the Qur'an warns us of what? This word ana, me, I. The, in, the, in Arabic, the word ananiya, it even sounds like the word ana, right? Ananiya is what? Is either egoism or egocentrism or self-centeredness or selfishness. Ananiya, this, this, this me, me, myself and I this idea of being very self-centered. When you pay attention to the way the word ana is used throughout the Quran, you see many examples of the worst people. For example, when Ibrahim was telling Nimrud, Nimrod, he was telling him what? This, this great king, this big shot, he was telling him, listen, my Lord is the one who gives life and death. What did he say? Qala, ana uhi wa umit. I am the one, ana. He could have just said, uhi wa umit." which also means, I give life and I give death but he has to say, ana uhi wa umit." I am the one this ana, right, goes to show his ego same thing with Iblis, twice in the Qur'an he says, what once in Surah A'raf, once in Surah sa qala ana khayrun minh ana khayrun min." I am better than him right this ana, me, I'm the best furthermore uh, the one who was pouring the wine <laughs> uh, with Yusuf Alayhi Salam, even though he forgot about Yusuf Alayhi Salam, Yusuf Alayhi Salam told him, "Don't forget about me. Tell, tell, mention me in front of the king." He forgot about him for many years, right? Uh, and then after all this time, when the king says, "I had a dream," he goes, "Oh, I remember a guy who used to interpret dreams." And what does he say? Oh, I will be the one. Me, he double emphasizes. I will be the one, just me, who's going to inform you about its interpretation. So send me. Why is he saying I'm going to be the one when he knows he has to go talk to Yusuf? He just wants credit. So this is something that you should be careful of. Don't get credit that you don't deserve. And then of course, the companion of the two gardens, when he was bragging to his friend and trying to belittle him, what did he say? I am greater than you in wealth and mightier than you in numbers of Uh, of men, like I have more workers than you. And of course, Fir'aun twice says, as we mentioned, he says, am I not better than this one who can, is insignificant, can't even express himself well? And of course he says So SubhanAllah, you have this whole compilation of this word ana from some of the worst people. What is the objective here? I'm not saying that the word ana is only used in a negative context. There are other places where uh, Allah Ta'ala mentions that he tells his prophet, say, I am a warner to you, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I am nothing but a warner, and there are many different, and uh, one who is giving glad tidings. There's many ayat like this, but you do have to pay attention to this word ana and be very cautious what type of use it is used. This me, 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 I'm being egotistical. May Allah protect us. Furthermore, it's very, very interesting. When you look at the power of repetition, Musa alayhi salam, had a discussion with Fir'aun, and this is mentioned in Surah 26, which is uh, uh, Surah uh, uh, Shu'ara. And it's very fascinating because we know that the people of Egypt already worshiped Fir'aun as their deity. And so he shouldn't feel the need to reaffirm it. And yet, after the public debate with Musa, and Musa continuously mentioned Allah as Rab, Rab, Rab. It seemed to have taken an effect on the people and people were talking about it and mentioning it. And so as a result of this, he's feeling nervous. He, says, Ana he has to counteract all the great work that Musa did. Let's take a look at the different ayat. Uh, su- su- ayah number 16. فَأْتِيَا فِرْعَوْنَ فَقُولَا inna رَسُولُ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ So Rabbil alamin He says, go, Allah says, go to Fir- Fir'aun, you, both you and Harun, and say, we are the messengers of the Lord, of the master of the worlds. Ayah number 21. فَوَهَبَ لِي Hukman حُكْمًا وَجَعَلَنِي مِنَ الْمُرْسَنِينَ Musa is speaking to and says what? Then my lord, my master Allah ta'ala granted me wisdom and prophethood and appointed me as one of the messengers. So again, now twice he's mentioning Allah as Rabb. And then he says what? Qala samawati wal-ardi in kuntum He says what? He is the lord of the heavens and the earth and that which is between them if you should be convinced yeah, that's in 24. Then in 26 he says Qala wa al He said what? He is the lord, He's the master uh, he is your lord and the Master of your forefathers as well. And he also says, in ayah number 28, So this whole, he says what? Musa said he is the Lord of the East and the West, and that which is between them if you are to reason. So we could go through this whole section in Surah uh, uh, Shu'ara, but obviously we don't have time for that. I just want to highlight that, how many times is this? One, two, three, four, five. Six times that he's mentioning that Allah is the Rab, 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 Master, Lord. And so Fir'aun must have realized the impact on the that he had on the people. And what he didn't realize was the effect it was having on him as well. So he goes back and he says, I'm also your master, the highest master. Acknowledging that there is another master. But he's like, no, but I'm higher than him. <laughs> so it's a, clearly a, a moment of desperation. Very fascinating point as well as what? Look at the seven points of contradistinction between Musa a.s. and Fir'aun. I find this amazing. Word for word, you see the opposite over and over again. It's like they are opposites. Allah says what? Just in this surah. So now I'm not jumping around all the other surahs. Now let's just stick to Surah Nazi'at. Allah says what? Idhab ila Fir'aun. Inna So the word, Idhab, go to him. What is the opposite of that? Thumma adbar yasa. Musa a.s. is rushing towards him, Fir'aun is rushing away. Okay? That's number one. Rushing towards, rushing away. Good. Also, Musa initiates the conversation. Allah says, Go and say to him, you go start the conversation. What does Firaun do? He cuts the conversation. I don't want to talk anymore. So, you have one person rushing towards, the other person rushing away. One guy starting the conversation, the other guy cutting off the conversation. You guys seeing so far? That's two. Let's keep going. Musa asks, Firaun tells. What do I mean? Firaun asks, Do you want to? I'm asking you, do you want to become purified? What does Fir'aun say? فَنَادَ I'm declaring. One person's asking, the other one's declaring. Right? One's more gentle. Hey, do you want to be purified? He says, no, no, everybody, I'm the Lord. I'm going to declare it. Right? So difference between asking and telling. Next, Musa offers purification and growth. Do you want to grow internally? Do you want to purify yourself internally and make yourself improved on the inside? What does he do? He wants to gather everybody. Why? Because his growth is only external. Look at, like, you know, imagine a person, look at my cars, look at my big house. You're not getting better internally. No, no, I want to gather the people. Look at my big numbers. To him, that's the only success. External, not internal. Both are aspects of growth. Internal versus external. Complete opposites. Then what do we have next? Musa offering guidance how to obey Allah, and instead he offers what? Disobedience. Allah said, uh, 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 I will guide you, guide you to, to obey. What does he say? I'm going to disobey. Obedience, disobedience. Then what else? Musa salam offers humility. ila <laughs> Rabbika to your master, so you can be humble. What does he say? I'm your greatest master. No humility. I'm the master. Exact opposite. And furthermore, Musa salam offers great proof. I'm going to show you great proof. What does he do? Faqadzeba. He denies the proof. You guys see these seven different points in such short ayat? There's seven different points of exact opposites and subhanAllah it just goes to show how we should be when we give da'wah we should be moving towards people we should be initiating the conversation we should be offering and asking and being gentle we should be offering purification internal we should be offering guidance we should be offering humility and we should be offering proofs is the seven different points of Musa. as opposed to what rushing away cutting off the conversation telling people what the what, you know what to do ordering them around uh, 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 always trying to big yourself up with big numbers uh, disobedience uh, arrogance and of course denial subhanallah fascinating um, one more ayah. Actually, you know what? Maybe we'll stop here because I, I think uh, we're taking too long. <laughs> inshallah ta'ala. I know that was a lot. But Inshallah ta'ala we'll continue bi'idhnillah next week. I don't want to drain you guys out. And uh, we'll uh, continue with ayah number 25. 25 bi'idhnillah ta'ala. Jambal khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa wabarakatuh.